Greetings, Solid Rock family. This is another episode of Solid Rock Podcast with your host on the Central Coast, Samuel Gardner. Today we're going to talk about a few things. Uh, boy, we got a whole thing, a whole lot of stuff happening. Uh, this week has been a crazy week. Uh, starting off with Sunday. Sunday night we had uh, OJ confessing his sins. <laughs> oh man, it was an old interview that was uh, done uh, about 12 years ago. And they decided to release it, and um, I guess they wanted—they're trying to stir up something. I don't know what to say else about it, but um, that's one topic. And the next thing is, we've lost another hip hop legend. Uh, man, sad to announce, Craig Mack, uh, the bad boy artist from the mid, early to mid '90s, with the hit um, "Flavor in Your Ear." I'm digging new flavor in your air. Time for brand new flavor in your air. You know, with Puffy hitting the, bo- the milk bottles in the beginning. Yeah, man. We lost another legend. He was 46 years old. He died of heart failure um, in South Carolina, uh, March 12th, which was yesterday. And, man, I'm telling you, it, I don't know. We lo- we're losing a lot of young people. It seems to me as if, you know... You know the old, the elders are living longer than the than the youths, and the youths for some reason is just not lasting. Every other day you hear somebody falling out that hasn't even reached the age of fifty, and you know I don't know if it's we're not taking care of ourselves, um, or you know is it the stress of the the stress of the, the world, or you know I don't know what to say, you know, but it's just it's kind of. You know, it makes you stop and think about how short really life is. And it seems as if it's getting even shorter. And, you know, we just got to do what's right. And as my uh, God bless the dead, as my late father would say, uh, his last words to me was, you know, try and do the right thing. You know, and that's all we can do in this life is, you know, I'm a man of faith. I'm a believer in Christ. So I will say, you know, and give Christ all the glory and everything will fall into place. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but, you know, I do follow Christ. And anyway, um, so, yeah, just to speak on the whole situation of the OJ, uh, the OJ program that came on Fox the other day, um, I'm telling you, it was, you know, according to OJ, he said that it's a hypothetical, um, he's speaking hypothetically. And uh, I don't know, man. He sounded to me as if, you know, why would you even put yourself in this position? You know, I, I, you know, I myself would want to think that you got off of such a case like that, you would just keep your mouth shut. You know, much less to, I think, I believe at the time that he did this interview, he was about to release a book that was speaking on if he hypothetically did murder Nicole and Ron Goldman, this is how he would do it. And I think that's a very touchy situation for him to take upon himself to try to put out when nobody asked him. So in my own honest opinion, I would want to say that I believe this is OJ's conscience that's speaking to him for him to come out and, you know, and make such a statement, even if it's quote unquote hypothetically, you know, I would definitely keep my mouth shut. Um, but, you know, I, as me and, uh, you know, I would like to say, let your conscience be your guide. So uh, maybe it's his conscience guiding him. You know, um, he went as far as to say that, you know, explaining the night of the murder and 
he started out talking out in third person, but then he kind of, if you watch closely, he started to talk in first person, then he caught himself, and, you know, but he was speaking on the gloves, he was speaking on, you know, the, the murder scene, and, you know, you go ahead and, um, I don't know if it's on YouTube or anything to catch, but it was something to see, and, you know, me personally, you know, I remember back, it was, uh, I think the case was around 1994. At the time, I was in fourth grade. Yes, I'm still a young guy, getting older, but yes, back in 1994. And even though I was a young guy, you know, eight, nine years old, even me, myself, was interested in this case. And, you know, I had no knowledge of law and all that kind of stuff, but it was just such a popular case that who wasn't tuning in? to TV to, to see this big O.J. Simpson. I, to be honest with you, I didn't even know who O.J. Simpson was before this case. It was throughout this, that whole ordeal that I found out, or I, I've learned that he was a big NFL football player and, and all this good stuff. But, yes, yeah, so, you know, everybody loved Johnny Cochran and with the, with the, with the popular statement he made, if, it, if the glove didn't fit, it must have quit. You know, my mother used to always love that line. You know, so Johnny Cochran was freestyling and, you know, <laughs> and all these other people. But, you know, I remember everybody was tuning in. And to me, I think that was one of the biggest cases in America. Because, I mean, man, everybody was touched by it, whether in a negative or positive way. Everybody was stating the, how they felt, how, and strongly too, you know, you'd, uh, you know, if you went into, um, if you spoke to a lot of people within the urban communities at the time, you know, you would think they knew O.J. Simpson personally. And, you know, they really, everybody, was, it was like watching a, a football or a basketball game when, you know, you have the opposition and, you know, you want the Miami Dolphins to make sure that they whoop, you know, the Steelers behind or vice versa. So O.J. gained fans. You know, and not to make fun of the situation, but it was just a big deal back in that era. And, you know, OJ beat the case, and a lot of people were upset, especially Nicole and Ron Goldman's family. They were totally, I mean, they were upset. And, you know, the, the urban community, people of ethnicity were just like, yay, you know, our boy won and got off. But, you know, OJ just seemed like he couldn't get himself out of, couldn't keep himself, keep himself out of trouble. He was always into problems. I mean, even just now, up to recent time, he just got released out of prison after doing about a 10 year bid, and now the man is 70 years old. So I'm hoping now that OJ, I hope he learns and he's staying out of trouble. I mean, who wants to be 70 and up and having to go back into prison and live that kind of life? So, but you know, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if they release this footage now because OJ is out and they really want to see this man go down. Like I said, whether he did he do the crime or not, I don't know. I was not there. And, you know, we can have our own opinions or how we feel or whatever, but we cannot say that this man did it or he did not do it. Um, you know, the saying over the years is if he didn't do it himself, he is behind it. He's He orchestrated it and all of that. But Who's to tell? I wasn't there. All of us weren't there except him, Nicole, and Ron. So, you know, like I said, I don't know if they them releasing this footage, they call, they call it the lost footage, if they're trying to, you know, stir something up 
being that now he's a free man, he's not no he's no longer in the hands of the law, you know, are they trying to pull something up or are they having to are they trying to, you know, make people maybe have the man go into some mm -hmm. kind of protective mm -hmm. 